welcome to the Diocesan Digest, a news outlet for the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. I'm your host, Sarah Smith, Staff Associate for Church Growth and Development. In these short episodes, we will share the latest news, ministry stories, clergy, spotlights, and much more about the Diocese of Oklahoma each week. If you or your congregation wants to share a ministry story or other important news item, or even a particular topic you want to see covered on the podcast, please contact me at smith at epiok.org. Hi folks, we have a few announcements before the interview. First, as we continue through this treacherous storm season, please be weather aware. And if your church or a church member has experienced any damage to property or to a building, please let us know. You will be contacting our disaster response coordinator, the Reverend Paul Snyder, either by calling the diocesan offices at 405-232-4912 or email Paul directly at Paul Snyder at epiok.org. Next, we wanted to give a shout out to the new ECW president that was elected last week, the fabulous Sherry Sullivan. We look forward to having her on the Diocesan Digest podcast very soon to check in with her and her hopes and dreams for the Episcopal Church women in Oklahoma. Okay, so this week I had the pleasure of sitting down with members of the Bishop's Search Committee, Father Tim Baer and Deacon Dana Orwig. The Bishop's Search Committee has been hard at work the last six months or so getting this process underway of selecting a new bishop for the Diocese of Oklahoma since Bishop Ed announced his retirement. This week we chat about where they are in the search process and specifically how they have been conducting research about what the diocese wants and is looking for in a new bishop. We discuss the Bishop Search survey results this week, but stay tuned to the podcast as we will be featuring episodes about this process and checking in with different members of the committee to keep y'all up to date on what's going on. All right, let's jump into this week's episode on the Search Committee. Here we go. Okay, can y'all introduce yourselves real quick, where you are and what you're doing in the diocese. I'm Dana Orwig and I'm a deacon at St. John's Episcopal Church in Oklahoma City. I'm Tim Baer, vicar of Grace Church in Yukon. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, y'all. Okay, let's start with, we've got a big bishop search coming on. Our bishop is retiring. We're very sad, but at the same time, we're excited for something new and the potential of awesome candidates that would be a good fit for our diocese. So explain to me a little bit about the Bishop Search Committee, because there's a committee of folks, lay people and clergy, that are coming together to figure all this out for us. And how does that work? Okay, so the yes, the, we are both on the Bishop Search Committee, and we're like an independent committee established by our standing committee. Um, and our kind of charge is to uh, facilitate a listening process within the diocese uh, to gather information about who we are and establish a profile. Um, then we also um, will put out an application for bishop nominees uh, and do a screening process. And so we'll hope 
our, our, our charge is to kind of whittle down uh, our group of candidate candidates in the pool to, you know, three to five people that, that we will present to the diocese um, later, I believe, um, in late October, early November is our, our timeline to do that. Um, so up to this point, uh, uh, we've, we've, we're, we've just been in the information gathering uh, uh, series, but we're, we are about, I think, six, 16 or 17 people from across the diocese, uh, various ages, um, diverse by gender, uh, 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 primary language we speak, um, the church size, and all that. So we really are a pretty representative group of the whole diocese um, as far as longevity within the diocese and things like that as well. And so we've been meeting together since last January. We had a retreat in order to meet with the person who is serving as our consultant to the diocese and who does that for other dioceses as well. Got a lot of information at that retreat, got a kind of an overview and an understanding of what tasks we would be charged with and how we were going to go about those. And then also laid out sort of a a hopeful timeline. We um, began working shortly after that on establishing a system for gathering the information that we wanted both to put in our profile and to get us a good sense of what the expectations of the diocese were and the hopes that they had for our new bishop. And so we've spent quite a bit of time the past several months working on that. That profile, um, after it's approved by the standing committee, will will be ready to be put out um, the beginning of June. And we also have with that an application for bishop that will be open for a month or so and then we will begin screening those people and um, that will involve a process of phone calls and phone interviews and online interviews and reference checking and those sorts of things so that that will take a while we're hoping to have a good crop of candidates and we hope to invest some time in that and then we will narrow it down to a smaller group and then the retreat um, after we've gotten it down to maybe seven to nine people will be scheduled for the end of September and after that um, we'll continue with um, checking references and putting together then a, a slate of probably three to five people that we will present to the standing committee Um, do walkabouts in November and the election will be held at St. Paul's Cathedral in December and we'll have a new bishop. Do you guys want to talk about, can you tell us a little bit more about the bishop's committee and the people are in it, if there's specific committees or people that are working on specific tasks? So I know there was a, and we're going to talk about the survey and you guys did a bunch of focus groups in lieu of the diocesan-wide survey uh, to gather information about what folks want in a bishop, but I know there's other committees doing different things. I'm sure. So um, within our kind of search committee, um, we've got there all all the members of that committee are on our our diocesan website. Um, there's a bishop search tab that you can find up at the top of the page. Um, Richard Clements uh, of All Souls and um, Suzanne Mollison. Um, uh, from St. Paul's Altus are our co-chairs, um, and then there's a number of us from from all around the diocese um, uh, on there. And then we're divided into four subcommittees. So one of a, one committee is responsible for um, the information gathering. Um, one committee is responsible for this discernment retreat uh, that Dana spoke about. That's at the end of September with the seven to nine kind of semifinalists. Um, 
and then and then one committee is responsible for the actual screening of the candidates and I serve as chair of that committee um, and then our fourth one is about um, education uh, and like uh, media so um, they're running our a new bishop for Oklahoma Facebook page and trying to push information out and get information to to the diocese to put out through our e-news and things like that um, and uh, and so those are those are the four committees and kind of their duties so how did the focus groups go I was in a one that y'all did together which was lovely I don't think I said anything but it was a great opportunity to come together as a diocesan staff, which I think is a really unique perspective. But can you all talk more about the focus groups and what kind of questions you were getting at? We did focus groups in the different regions of the diocese, and we had opportunity for search committee members to be at those both as recorders and listeners and as the facilitators for the groups. So that was useful because we um, got to hear from people all over the diocese, from very small churches to some uh, of our largest congregations. And that, I think, gave us both a chance to collect some good data on who was there, and the, we made careful records of all of the responses that we got and took those and then, and then synthesized them into overall statements. Um, but it also gave us a chance to, I think, get a good feel of some of the uh, energy and some of the interest in the congregation. One of the uh, groups that I went to, the one I facilitated was um, in, um, I'm sorry, I was the recorder for this one, was at uh, held at St. Luke's Ada. And we had people there that traveled from as far as McAllister, and they traveled from Durant and Holdenville, just all over. We had a great representation of people there. There was a lot of enthusiasm for what most of the people at that listening session saw as the potential that we have as a diocese. There were a lot of challenges that were identified at that, but most of the people felt that for every challenge, that was also another opportunity. So that was, um, that was very, it, it was very encouraging to see that degree of enthusiasm. We tried to ask the questions um, specifically to solicit responses that would be useful to us in terms of facilitating the information we really needed to gather from both the, the survey and from these listening sessions. And so they were specifically set up not to um, be gripe sessions, but on the other hand, people got to sit around at tables and say whatever they wanted to say, and those responses were recorded. So we felt like that was also a good opportunity for people to come together and just get some, you know, hear from some of their um, fellow Episcopalians around the around the area. Yeah, so we had eight listening sessions total, um, our two metros, Oklahoma City and Tulsa uh, regions, and then our four kind of quadrants of the diocese. And then we did a listening session for clergy um, during Holy Week um, at our Holy Monday. Um, and so, you know, there were 90 clergy there. Uh, and then we did one for the diocesan staff. And all of those, I think when people see in the profile in a week, uh, when they see kind of the statements of the bishop we seek, uh, they'll see, you know, uh, the staff is going to see some things that I that we put in there because of them. And uh, same for the clergy and, and for the, the region. So I, I think people will be kind of pleased with the synthesis. One of the things that really stuck out to me was how much... Um, I think we we had seen those of us on the committee had seen the initial results 
from the the survey, but we hadn't publicized those yet. Um, and that ended up being a really good thing because for us, it was able to confirm some of those things. So we had about 600 people take the survey, but then to do the listening sessions in this wide group of people and, and, and see a lot of um, parallels uh, was really good and kind of confirmed the information that we got in the surveys um, so that our some of our judgments and things that we were as we were interpreting interpreting the survey results were kind of confirmed um, and so and then I think just in the last few weeks the, the survey results themselves have been uh, publicized on our website and emailed out through our diocesan e-news um, but but yeah so that it was good to see that and now everybody's kind of seen those and and today we're going to give a little bit of interpretation I guess um, uh, for you yeah, let's talk survey results. What things stood out, what things didn't stand out, whatever you found interesting. Let's do it. Um, well, just to kind of go in, in order of um, of the survey itself, um, I mean, there's lots of like, there's some demographic questions and things that in the beginning to help us kind of sort the information. But by question 13, it was about feeling, how, how optimistic we feel about our congregations. Um, and then question 15 is how, how, how optimistic we feel about the diocese in the next five to 10 years. And for both of them, it was about 70% who either agreed or strongly agreed that they felt optimistic about their congregations um, and, and just the direction of the diocese. And so, you know, I think one of the big takeaways for us was that our, our, our churches, our, um, our members um, are optimistic. We are excited about the ministry that we're doing. Um, and also we have lots of dreams about ministry that we'd like to see happen. Um, and so, so all those are really positive things, especially when you're looking for a new bishop, because you can say, you know, we're, we're not a depressed diocese. We really are an energized diocese and we're kind of, we're, we're, we are very healthy and we're kind of primed to continue to do ministry, to reach new people, to start new things. And, um, to 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 be the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement in Oklahoma, we did si- see some 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 consensus on some of the things that is really strong about our diocese. We saw um, the fact that people gave pretty high marks to St. Crispin's. It was considered to be a great resource and a very effective. Um, tool for outreach so that that came up really high we also um, got high marks from people for finances and administration for the job that's been done um, by the bishop and by the diocesan staff in terms of bringing our finances into a, a, having a pretty clear picture and also for some transparency on that we did get um, m- many people mentioned the um, value of the Iona School of Formation a lot of people are familiar with that because they're they're seeing um, local locally brought up and trained clergy being able to be deployed across the diocese and particularly in some of our smaller congregations are really able to to benefit from that so that's been a that's that's been a strong thing and um we did interestingly see some things that were um seen as both um uh good things that we're doing but also opportunities for growth one of the things that was mentioned in that category was um communications that people did see some good things um coming in terms of communications but they felt that we could do better Tim mentioned that um, that uh, having a vision for the ministry that we 
want to be able to do here is really Im important to people, and that was something that was mentioned as an area that we could um, improve in to be able to get a shared vision for um, some common ministry, and that was important. Uh, adult formation was mentioned as um, something that people would like to see us uh, improve on, and then there were lots and lots of things expressed about um, being able to provide resources to our congregations. We do have, it's a big state, we have a lot of diverse needs in our congregations, and so to be able to continue to provide the resources that all of our congregations need to be able to thrive and, and reach out. Oh, so um, as our as our uh, kind of profile committee and um, uh, those of us that were on the information gathering committee as we were trying to synthesize, you know, some of this data, um, you know, it struck us that a lot of the strengths, you know, finance and administration, you mentioned St. Crispin's uh, clergy formation, those are, these are probably the three biggest things that Bishop Bed has spent the most energy on uh, in his uh, in his episcopate. Uh, and so it's a really good reflection that like the things, the things that we called him to do uh, as a diocese, like, are all strengths now, right? And um, and I think that that has, I think that that has energized people um, because they see that yeah we can we can address our needs and we can get things done. Um, and I think you know some of those needs and things, all the needs were kind of in the forty to fifty percent range or less. Like there was none that stuck out as like a clear majority of things that we want to see developed. Um, but all of them were were important um, important aspects of the diocese, things that we're doing, but that we you know can always can always do better. Um, and you know I I think the need for um, to continue to develop a shared vision of the diocese as kind of the next step. Um, you know, as we look towards the next our next bishop, um, what's that chapter going to look like? And what are we starting to dream about? And I think in the listening sessions, we started to see that. I think some of it came up in some of the other results um, later on in the survey too. Um, but that we're, we're actually act actively thinking about vision uh, is uh, and, and the ministry opportunities before us is a really good thing. Enforcing what, Tim said, reinforcing what Tim said, I do think that it's true that um, the idea that one of the things that came out both in the listening sessions and the survey was people want a common vision for ministry shows what a good job has been done of planning the idea that we're here to do ministry and that instead of concerns being expressed about um, how we're going to take care of our buildings because that's important and um, the things that you always hear about how we're going to recruit young people, which we heard about too. But overall of that, there was a real sense that what we want is to be able to have an idea of who we are called to be. And I think that our emphasis on being the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement is beginning to filter down to congregations. And I think people people are, are eager for that. And I think that that um, is one of the, the best signs of the health of the diocese. Um, we'd like to talk a little bit about kind of the... Uh, the areas of development in the diocese and then some of the qualities of a bishop that come, came up in the survey. Uh, I think to like really do that, to think about that well, it's important to have like a, a good snapshot of the diocese. Like, and this will be in the profile. People will see this and it might surprise some people, um, though not others, um, that 70% of our congregations are family-sized churches in Oklahoma, um, you know, spread out through our small towns and um um, in medium-sized towns throughout Oklahoma, um, and you know, uh, even some of our uh, congregations in our metros are are, are smaller. Only ten percent of our congregations are program size or larger, and we, and we use kind of the Alban Institute scale, um, you know, of 
140 on a Sunday and up um, as those uh, kind of transitional to program size and resource size congregations. Um, so it, that is really important to know the diversity of size of our congregations. Um, and also uh, just like the, the diversity of our diocese, uh, theologically, economically, uh, politically, um, on issues of LGBT inclusion um, and, and, and other theological issues and things like we're a very diverse diocese. Um, but one of the beautiful things about our diocese is that we're also we do treat each other like family um, and like each other. You know, convention is fun. It's a good time to get together with people. Um, and while there's differences, there's not much animosity in this diocese. Uh, and some of my colleagues in other dioceses, and I know that's not the case. <laughs> and, um, and so that's a real blessing um, for our diocese. But kind of the diversity, uh, the, 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 the different needs of our diocese, um, all, all of that is, I think, important. So some of the things that came up as opportunities in our diocese, um, how do we phrase it? Uh, areas of future development um, uh, included, um, uh, you know, as somebody that kind of restarted a congregation and planted a new church, um, there's about 14% were interested in that, which I think is good and a piece of what, how we can reach new people and more people in Oklahoma. Um, I also think that that connects with how we attract a younger generation, which 67% of our, of our respondents said that, that we need to do that. And it's going to take starting some new ministries to do that, in my opinion. Um, uh, but we also, about 32% were about starting entrepreneurial uh, and innovative new ministries to reach and serve new people. So if you combine that, that's about 45% who are interested in starting new things that are going to reach people and serve people. Um, particularly the younger generation. Uh, but what about, I mean, as I, as, as I'm thinking about this, serving new people, what amazing outreach ministries could we be partnering together as a diocese in different regions and different metros to really be impactful in our community so that when the diocese of Oklahoma, when the Episcopal church is mentioned in Oklahoma, people say, man, they do that really well. Right? What's that thing that, that maybe we can do to, to meet a need? Um, that's not even that's not necessarily about growing our churches. It's just about fulfilling our ministry and mission as as the church. Um, let's see, uh, including minorities in the life of the church, twenty five percent stuck out to me as as important um, uh, advocates for social justice. Twenty four percent again. What what new what, what new ways could we be serving? Um, um, uh, our communities. Um, those were some of the things that really stuck out to me. Um, and then the other one that was fairly high was providing resources uh, to our rural congregations. And this is super important. Uh, like I said, 70% our family size. Um, a good chunk of our diocese is, is rural when we look at the population of Episcopalians throughout the diocese. And so um, how we do that well, uh, that's connected to Iona and what we've been doing there for personnel, um, but also as far as, as, as programs and resources, you know, how do we, how do we, um, how do we spur vitality uh, in, in those congregations and help resource them? And really, I think, ultimately inspire, inspire all of our congregations just to do good ministry. Um, but those are some of the, some of the things that got highlighted. Uh, do you have any other thoughts, Dana? Okay, so from these things, what kind of bishop do you guys think the diocese overall is seeking? We looked at the things that came back from the survey, and we also did specifically ask some questions about what was important to, to people 
in terms of their next bishop. And, and we could see, uh, again, people are proud of the work that, that we have done and have some, have some good thoughts about, about what we're looking for. One of the things that um, came up pretty strongly that ties into things we've said before is uh, we're looking for a bishop that can provide us um, with a vision somebody who can help us to have that image of what we are called to be and the mission work that we can be called to do. And we'd like a person that can really help us to communicate that and to our congregations and, and, and help us work that, to help us really work it. We um, looked at, we, one thing that rated pretty high was an approachable pastor. Um, we also, not surprisingly, because this has um, been something that's been important to people from Bishop Ed's Episcopate is um, someone who's a skillful man, skillful manager, a good CEO. We realize that part of the reason why we are blessed with the uh, um, financial resources that we have right now is because they have been well managed, and we've done a we've done a good job of that. And so we want to we want to continue to to be able to to do that. Another thing that came up very um, high was somebody who will respect the diversity of the diocese. As Tim mentioned, we've got a lot of um, differences uh, in style and worship styles and in um, outreach styles and uh, just the the personalities are individual congregations and that is working pretty well for us right now. We have a lot of um, different places that people can go and choose from to see um, a worship style that works well for them. And we want somebody that will respect and help us to be able to continue to foster some of that. Um, as I, as I was kind of reflecting on, on some of these, some of these uh, kind of qualities that came up, qualities and skills, uh, and just what we heard in the listening sessions as well. Um, you know, as Dana said, the, the visionary, the shared vision, the, the, the visionary piece is important. I think making it a shared vision, uh, has come across is really important too, as we've uh, been doing these, the listening sessions, uh, like we have, and it's one of the things that as I look at our diocese, I, I, I certainly feel is really true is that our best resources are our people resources. And so, uh, kind of some of the things that kind of came up was about how we empower empower people um uh on, i mean on that skills of a bishop being uh, collaborating collaborating and empowering leadership uh was 40 45 percent uh and so that was a, a really high mark and so i think leveraging kind of the health of the diocese the vitality of the diocese um that bishop ed has you know gotten us to this point where we are right now and and we feel like we're really primed uh to take some next steps in some really beautiful ways and so somebody that can rally us around that vision and kind of set loose that potential um i think what is really important something that came up you know as we kind of hear this underlying and this is this has been true for a while about communication and how we communicate ourselves as a diocese both to our congregations and to the world to our state and our communities uh um, being able to tell our story um, is super important. And um, I heard this from the Dowson staff. also heard it from individuals um, uh, in the listening sessions and stuff, is that we don't always do a good job of, of, of sharing our story, of sharing all the really great things going on. Um, I mean, this podcast is an awesome start to being able to share more stories, um, hopefully more video and media and things on Facebook, just to let people know about amazing ministries that are already going on in the diocese that people might not be aware of. And so sharing that story, that helps 
in just keeping up the energy of the diocese, um, the morale, the, 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 the vitality, um, and just keeping people engaged. Uh, and also for those that are outside, like who aren't members of the Episcopal Church, it helps them just know amazing things that we're doing. Um, so sharing our story and communicating that, I think that that's a piece of what the bishop, if the bishop maybe isn't that, maybe is that communicator or maybe just empowers that so that that can happen. Um, and then, you know, lastly, as, as we are kind of reflecting on all of this, um, you know, I think about like some of the people who are going to be reading our profile and, and discerning whether or not they feel called uh, to this diocese. Um, uh, I, I hope I hope as they read the profile that, that they that they see um, some amazing ministries that are going on. They see a lot of health and vitality. Um, I think that it will be pretty evident that we do have a lot of financial resources, and so we do need that skillful, skillful manager. Uh, we do have a sizable endowment, and we also have oil and gas revenue that's been um, gifted to this church over the last uh, several decades, um, and those allow us to do some amazing ministry. Um, so how we use those and leverage those resources uh, is really important, um, uh, but that's a great gift, and I think sometimes... Like I grew up in this diocese um, um, at St. Paul's and at St. John's in Oklahoma City, and you know I think I think a lot of our members don't necessarily realize just how what a gift it is that all of those gifts have been given over the decades um, and really allow us to do some amazing things. You know, my congregation in, in Yukon has been restarted. Um, we we planted a new congregation out of a an existing building. Um, made possible by that money um and we've done the same same thing at christ church in tulsa and um uh we have a great um uh latino congregation in oklahoma city we're starting a new one in tulsa uh and 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 those some of those exciting new congregations um and and ministries that we're doing from saint crispin's and and our summer camp program the conference center all that is made possible by some of those uh revenue streams as well as the generosity of 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 people within the diocese that continue to, to help us um, to do those projects. Um, so I think that'll stick out to people who are kind of looking at our profile. Um, and then one thing that I think is maybe is not in there, but just as a, as a priest and you as a deacon maybe can speak to Dana, um, is that we have really collegial clergy. Um, our, 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 our members really do um, like uh, love one another in the diocese and care for one another. Um, uh, that's among our clergy. We see that at convention and any, anytime, anytime the diocese gathers, but there's not, there's not, um, there's not the same amount of uh, kind of competition among clergy and things like that, that I, that I know exists elsewhere. Um, um, and I, I know when new people move to Oklahoma, they're like, wow, this is like really refreshing, like our clergy conference and things like that. I agree that my experience um, of, participating in like all kinds of diocesan events and as Tim mentioned at, at diocesan convention and traveling around for even uh, in other uh, areas of volunteering that I do that are not related to the Episcopal Church. I travel around the state and I have to say there's just genuine affection amongst the Episcopalians in, in Oklahoma, both the clergy and um, the laity. And I think part of that comes from um, it's relatively small numbers of us, but we take some uh, genuine pride and excitement in knowing um, other Episcopalians from around the state. And so I think that's one of the reasons why there is um, a pretty strong degree of enthusiasm for this work that we're engaging on. I think people feel excited about the um, about our potential. And Tim mentioned the <clears throat> 
ways in which we need to tell our stories and get some of that word out. And I think that's true. And I also think it's true that people have heard some of our success stories and some of the good things that are going on. And I think they are eager for more of that. I think people want to be part of something that they see um, making a difference in their local communities. And I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of hope for that and a lot of opportunity. So we're really excited about, you know, I have to tell you, after we got this profile put together, it's a pretty impressive um, job that we're offering someone. There is a lot of it will be, um, we, we're we looking for a bishop who will bless us, but we think we'll be a blessing to whoever um, whoever gets to come here and that we will enjoy a lot of years of some really wonderful ministry work. So um, overall, at this point, the the feeling of the committee is pretty, um, pretty excited. We're pretty pumped about the possibilities and, and pretty excited about the work that's been done so far. And, and we're eager to have those, um, have those applications come in. So thank you for joining the diocesan digest y'all. And this Episcopalian is fired up for this process and the new things to come and to see how we can spread God's love even further. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Be sure to sign up for the Diocesan Newsletter at our website, epiok.org newsletter. And follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on what's going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. See y'all next week, and peace be with you.